You're listening to the TV Obsessive channel, presented by tvobsessive.com. Hello, welcome back to the TV Obsessive podcast. This is episode 12. My name is Ryan Kirksey, writer and contributor to tvobsessive.com. I'm here with Cameron Crane, executive editor, and Cameron, have you ever punched anything so hard you broke your hand? Um, no, not quite. Like maybe like cut my hand a little bit or something. <laughs> I punched out a window one time. Oh, that didn't break your hand? No, just a glass. <laughs> this is not all recommended behavior. Don't don't anyone take me as endorsing this moment that I'm referring to of my teenage uh whatever. And forget that. I didn't, I didn't actually do that. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, were the, were the kids you, you you were coaching uh, making you mad? Is that why you why you punched the glass? No, I was like I was in high school, <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, forget it. No, we didn't do that. Anyway, uh, yeah, um, good to see you. So, as per usual, we'll we'll run through a little bit of news of the week, such as it is. Talk about what we've been watching in a spoiler-free sort of way, and then the latter half we'll dig into winning times we've been doing for several weeks now, enjoyably. Um, so it's September 5th. What do we got today? Um, what's in the news, right? Yeah, a little bit more than we've had uh, had the past couple of weeks. I, I think you and I have talked before. You, towards the end, you were not a succession watcher. Do I understand that correctly? Yes, that, that is correct, although I am aware of this bit that you're about to mention, <laughs> and I actually do have strong opinions about this, so, so okay. you have to like, keep me from, from going on too much of a tangent. Okay, so you but understand the, the, the mystery around the underlying slash cross-through name of Kendall Roy in the in the final season. Yes, you understand this? Yeah, this I, would, I, I mean, I'm aware enough of the war, TV world that, you know, this <laughs> came up and people were talking about it. And I understand, like, the stakes of it and things yes, like that. Yes, yeah. So it came out. So I guess the creator of the show, Jesse Armstrong, came out this week and was doing an interview and answered once or for all. He just said this was not supposed to be a mystery. It was supposed to be that Kendall Roy's name was underlined on the sheet of paper that would that discussed where the company would go after Logan Roy's passing. As a matter of fact, Jesse Armstrong is the one who underlined the name himself for creating this fake controversy around this this sheet of paper. So he said this was never meant to be a mystery box show. This is always supposed to be something that people understood where it was going. Um so that answered a lot of questions that people had as this this show wrapped up. So uh so so what's your what's your angle? What's your what's your story here on the on the Kindle revelation? I I, I don't care for it. <laughs> I, I, I wish that uh showrunners, creators would not do things like this. Um, I, I this have, was, this like, was exactly what I was going to ask you, by the way. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I have a pretty strong view that is like the text is the text as it were. And, um, you know, could bring in like a roll on bars and talk about the death of the author and stuff like that. Um, you know, th there's ambiguity within the show and however it arose, I would be of the mind that I prefer it with the ambiguity and for, the show creator to come out and offer a resolution to that ambiguity completely non-diegetically outside of the work itself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I wish they wouldn't do that. 
Yeah. I, I, I thought about the first thing that popped into my head. This is someone that's not watched the entire show. But first thing that popped in my head was Sopranos. David Chase, said, I do not believe, has ever come out and given a definitive answer of the last scene of Sopranos and, and what happened. And I think that that's part of the appeal of that that last episode. Yeah, nor should he. And yeah. I mean, like, you have to realize I'm holding myself back, Ryan. There's part of me that wants to say, like, Jesse Armstrong has no right to say this. His opinion on the matter holds no more weight than yours or mine. David Chase's would hold no more weight than anyone else's about the ending. Like, I, I, I kind of hold that view, you know? It's like, yeah. if you wanted to resolve it determinately, you put you put it in the thing itself, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I actually thought this was kind of interesting as someone who doesn't watch Succession, that you had this kind of ambiguous moment in there. Were 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 they debating it within the show itself, though? I thought they were. Yeah. So this sort of yeah, this sort of became the tipping point of how things moved once they found this piece of paper um, about two or three episodes into the final season of how things moved from that point forward. This was a revelation that they found this sheet of paper that did not know existed, something Logan Roy hand wrote on there. And so that sort of started these battles and this conflict of, okay, what did he really mean by that? Yeah. See, that all sounds compelling to me. Again, I yeah. watched the show. Apologies to people for the uh, <laughs> mild, well, we're, we're, we're verging right up against succession spoilers here. I just held myself back. As somebody who hasn't seen it, I know that, yeah. you know, some yeah. of that. But yeah, so there's, there's that. Um, it's Bob Newhart's birthday. Did you notice that? I did one? see that. You you pointed that out to me. I, I I I am very embarrassed to say I did not realize he was still alive. That's why I'm mentioning it. I <laughs> saw that it was birthday, and I was like, oh, he's still alive. You know, yeah. I mean, it, 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 he's 94. You know, 94 years. 94. Yeah, what so I saw, he started working birthday. in 1958. Did I see that correctly? That's I mean, that's incredible. It is some some of these guys. Mel Brooks, you know, I mean, some of them aren't going to last that longer, but yeah. yeah. So happy birthday happy, to Bob. Happy Newhart. birthday, Bob Newhart, man. Way a to go. Long and fruitful TV career, which yeah, yeah. kind of ended a while ago, I guess, but it did. Like two different sitcoms, he's been, right? He's been, he's not been active in a long time. I've seen mm -hmm. Mel Brooks on a couple of talk shows here and there, but I don't think I've seen Bob Newhart anywhere recently. Yeah, I saw Mel Brooks on. Um, you ever watch that Seinfeld show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee? Yes, yes. Yeah, I saw him on there. Probably that was a few years ago. So. That's right. Yeah, that was a few um, years ago. But then, of course, they did the History of the World Part Two. Right. And, uh, he was, he was at least in the intro to that. He did like an intro, but he, I don't think he was really in it. I never actually watched all of that. Did you? Nope, have not caught it yet. I was a fan of the original film. Have, have hmm. not caught it. Uh, my my son who's becoming quite the cinephile asked the other day after looking through a, a genre of movies if we had heard of this movie called blazing saddles and could mm -hmm. he watch it and we had to say nope that's on the no list he's, he's 12 uh, how, years old, how so old is your son he's 12 years old <laughs> i like there's a running thing you know social media has gotten particularly terrible but i do like the kind of running jokes of how like you couldn't make blazing saddles today because it's you know it's already 9 p.m. and I don't think there's enough time for that. <laughs> I, I like these kind of running jokes about it. <laughs> oh, those two guys, yeah, legends, a absolute, absolute legends. Um, well, let me just touch on a couple of things I noted in terms of uh, current series that have various updates uh, these days. You also did not watch or um, were a casual watcher of House of the Dragons. Oh, no, I watched that. 
You did watch. You did watch yeah, House of Dragon. Okay. Yeah. Um, I noticed that within a month they are going to be completing their filming and getting ready for post production of season two. They've yet to set a date, but it's coming. Um, and so we talked about this maybe a month or even two months ago that they have been able to keep filming, to keep going, to keep progressing on their um, on their season because a according to George R. R. Martin all the scripts had gone through four or five different sets of revisions and they decided not to change anymore. And B, their entire cast is British and they fell under this equity uh, group uh, in terms of representation. So they were not impacted by the, by the strike. The writers would have been if they wanted more edits, but apparently they didn't. So the show's about mm-hmm. to be done filming. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess no, no last minute edits, no, um, well, yeah, basically, no, no, no little adjustments. So, I mean, I, I think in general that's sort of bad. Uh, who knows how much, if at all, it affected this? Maybe the scripts are good and straightforward enough that you know it didn't really cause any problems. And as yeah. you say, it's all yeah. equity actors. So, okay, but I, I seem to recall even before all of the strikes and everything that they were saying twenty twenty four for the show. Yeah, I th- I wouldn't be surprised if this became a trying to think the timing of of season one and a previous game of thrones season if this wasn't a fall sort of capstone show for hbo in 2024 that would seem to be a likely scenario to give them time to, to get all this stuff out, out of the way in terms of the strikes their people can promote it they can get it in post-production so fall is my guess we don't have anything definitive yet yeah it could be the spring they started releasing a ton of stuff in the spring anymore yeah, you know, and, yep. and I know that at least the uh, one season of Game of Thrones was on um, in the spring or, or summer. Yeah, because I remember it was airing at the same time as Twin Peaks: The Return, and it was like <laughs> the weirdest. I did that season of Game of Thrones is. I thought the show was starting to turn bad, in my opinion, too. But I kept yeah. doing this thing where, like, I would watch Twin Peaks and then I'd turn on Game of Thrones and just be like, "This show is really unsophisticated." <laughs> <laughs> what's going on you know uh, so I, I do recall what that aired so we'll see we'll see we've got that coming up we were, oh by the way we were talking last week about um you know what hbo is going to have on sunday nights after winning time is over and it looks right. like the answer might be nothing that's um, the best we can tell yeah as best we can tell so reruns you know you know plug something maybe they'll show white house plumbers again i, I don't know that is, they'll check their schedule <laughs> I mean, be you, you mentioned on HBO. Yeah, you mentioned the Gilded Age season two that has a date apparently, or at least a general date. Yeah, no, it's like October 29th or something like that. So there's yeah. this period of time because I, I think I calculated this five weeks, and it, look, yeah. it looks like they're not going to have a new show, which is significant because in normal times, as well, this would be unthinkable. They exactly. always have something exactly. in that slot. It's like their main kind of prestige thing they put in that slot. And even the Gilded Age, as I said, I, I think season one was on Mondays. So we're seeing yeah. some adjustments that they're making and clearly. Well, and we were speculating last week about True Detective. It looks like that they're very close to announcing a January release for True Detective, um, similar to The Last of Us was in, in 2023. It's going to come out in January 2024. Well, I saw that. I think they're saying January but again. I don't know. Is that done or what? Where does yeah. that stand? Are they are they thinking? Oh well, by then the strikes will have been over and we can finish up post production or 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 what? There, 
Speaking of Max, um, or you know, HBO Max, slightly different. I was trying to emphasize, <laughs> but there, did you see the story where Max apparently has been toying with the idea of putting CNN news alerts while you're watching whatever you're watching? I, I did. What do you see, think of that, right? I, <laughs> I, I mean, I can't say that I am terribly interested in you know when I am just invested in these these shows that I want something popping up in terms of a newsletter, but also can't say I'm watching too many of them as they happen. So am I going to get the news alerts two and a half hours later? Am I? Yeah, gonna... no, 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 no. See, I would imagine that whatever you're watching, the news alerts now. I see, know, I see. That's my, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I, I would be tempted if this were like 25 years ago, part of me might <laughs> think like, oh, I get that. That makes sense, you know, but they've gotten so liberal yeah. about what they think is breaking news, yeah. you know? That, that you're going to end up with something just stupid stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if they could be uh, judicious enough that it was only like interrupting because of 9-11 or something yeah. like that, yeah. but yeah. it's not going to be that. It's going to be like, oh, you know, breaking news, Ron DeSantis right. say the hot dog. You know, I'm trying to watch you know, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, I think I that uh, 9-11 or, yeah, another – OJ Chase, that 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 that's the threshold we have to. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know, to... I'm pretty sure that September 11th, which is coming up next week, so fine. Um, the anniversary, but I'm pretty sure that that was the real kind of birth of the constant scrolling cryon at the bottom. I don't know if younger people. Know. I I think you're right that that was a sense of. I mean, everyone was watching news 24 seven. How do you say everything you want to say and also show everything you want to show? So they just had to, to yeah, start this nonstop ticker at the at the, at the bottom. That, that I don't have any sort of history with that, but I, that makes complete sense to me. I think that's right. But then the see the thing is it never went away. You yeah. know, <laughs> like so that now they treat everything like there's always that I don't know. I'm I'm going on a <laughs> rant again. I don't there's not that much breaking news. Like I there's not the there's not that much breaking news. The only thing that this may be the, the antithesis of breaking news is in the most expected news ever. But one more thing we'll touch on is um, except for a couple things already in the bag and announced being Loki season two in the second season of what if Marvel is delayed all of their shows all pushed into 2024, all with a speculative tentative tag attached to them. Uh, this is Bob Iger's attempt to really slow down on how much they're doing and how much they're a they're spending and b they're they're pummeling people with this stuff when there's been so many complaints of, about the the quality and consistency of it uh, in terms of shows and movies, frankly. Yeah, I don't know, and it's it's a, I don't know how much decided in the strike. It seems like a weird tactic to me with regard to the strike. Yeah, you know, it's with delaying films and things like this. Like I, I guess, okay, you want the actors to be able to be out there and promote the film or, or whatever, yeah. but. It, it seems like a weird kind of game they're playing. And they went from the the studios went from saying weeks ago, like, oh, look at the money we're saving to now like reporting, oh, we're losing hundreds of millions of dollars because of uh, because of all of this. You know? Yeah, you, it, it is still interesting. You've, you've said this two weeks in a row. You go to any of these trade stories or, or online stories about these shows or movies being postponed or canceled inevitably in the first two paragraphs it's something because of strike something you know due to the conditions related to 
what's happening with the ongoing ongoing strikes. And I just I don't know who is providing the information that that's the reason or if that's the sort of cause and effect of these things. But you and I are just not buying it. I don't think. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, yeah. Or 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 I'm buying it, but as a weird tactic, like part of me <laughs> imagines that like the studios are trying to get people to blame the people on strike by delaying right. doom and i right. just don't think it's working <laughs> nope. that, that, that's the biggest thing if you spend any time on social media you spend time on twitter you know it man it does not at all no. seem like the amptp is winning the messaging <laughs> battle and you know, <laughs> then you see um articles saying like 75 percent of americans um are on the side of the workers that is that's like, dude, that's huge numbers. That's like yeah. 25% of Americans still supported Nixon when he resigned. Like, you <laughs> don't get to that, you know, <laughs> you know number about many things. So, um, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. So, still no end in sight. So, we'll see how that, how that happens. But in the meantime, is there anything uh, that you've been watching that's caught your eye anything new anything old what's uh what's been on your screen yeah i've been watching i mean i've kind of um wrote myself into a good amount of writing at the moment so i'm not having a ton of time to watch things i'm not also writing on writing on invasion um which comes out on wednesdays right so i'm up to you know doing that week to week um i kicked off well, we kicked off this week a series I'm writing on um, episodes of the X-Files written by Darren Morgan. Uh, so we published something on Humbug on, on Monday. I'm going to work through the rest of those. At least that's the plan. 30th anniversary of the X-Files is on um, this coming Sunday, the 10th, which I think we hit on in the previous week. And then the, this upcoming Apple TV show, which we talked about, uh, The Changeling. I screeners for that, so I'm starting to watch that and I'm kind of working into it. And um do you know a date on that one? A release date for that show? That comes out on Friday. On Friday already comes yeah. out or is about to come out? September 8th. It comes out on, on this coming Friday, September 8th. It premieres with, with three it. episodes. I believe I am allowed to talk about it in a spoiler-free way. And I will just uh, say to you and the world, those three episodes are kind of slow. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm intrigued. You know, but man, <laughs> they kind of they, they really kind of are taking three hours to set up the story on this one. Oh, so boy. Like, just be aware it's not gonna it's not gonna grab you like Gremlins two or something. It's like you're gonna just kind of oh okay. We we talked about the we talked about the trailer. One of those shows where every bit of action and and interest is in the the two and a half minute trailer. Uh yeah. It's <laughs> just kind of that sort of thing, you know. But I don't, I don't know. It's based on a book, and I, and 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 part of me thinks maybe it's maybe it's being too faithful to the book. Like maybe it's being too faithful to the structure of the book, you know. And um, I did actually start watching episode four, and like I think I think it's picking up, you know. Mm. So I don't know. I haven't watched the whole thing yet, um, but it's almost just like a. I'm not trying to be down on it. Like, watch the show. It's yeah. just be aware that you're going to kind of have a sort of slowly developing story here. And um, yeah, uh, what about you? What are you? Okay. Yeah, I'll put it in line behind a few um, a few things. We're see tonight. We're recording on Tuesday, September fifth. Tonight is the 
halfway halfway point already of Ahsoka. I've been writing about that for the site. Uh, first three episode recaps are up uh, tonight. Will be the fourth. Um, interested to see what they do after a couple of episodes, primarily episode three, trying to I think, reset uh, reset how they're pitching the show and and promoting the show to its different different fan bases but good good story looking to see what they do uh, with that and over the last five episodes um i just because i noticed that it it's the complete series ended last week i'd never caught in this before i'm about done already i'm in the middle of season three with how to with john wilson have you ever seen any of these yeah it's great i haven't seen all of it though it's weird that you meant to like I get the impression you discovered it and binged it, which I thought was going to happen to me. And then like I started watching it. I think I got distracted by other things and uh and haven't made my way uh back to it. But I know it ended recently. And yeah, the uh, 18 total episodes across three seasons, they're all exactly 28 minutes each. So not you know, not difficult to sit down and 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 plow through them. And it just again, one of these where I had no expectations or understanding going into it, but I've been very pleasantly surprised with the combination of humor and how poignant it is and how just sort of an interesting commentary, not just on, you know, this guy just really goes all in on what it's like to be in New York city, but what, what, what that can look like if you're, if you're elsewhere. I just it, is, it's very it, is a, it is a very New York show. Yes. I've very much New so. York city for 14 years. Um, <laughs> and I love it. I love the vibe of it. And there's like, there's like random shots in there of New York City too, which is great. Oh because, yeah, yeah. You're just kind of like, is that guy planking for no reason? You know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I watched um, a good amount of the first season at least, and I should get back to that. I've heard really good things about how it ended. The one that really sticks in my mind is he goes on a deep dive about uh, people who cover their furniture in plastic. Yes, how that to, really and just to use that one as an example, I mean, if you're at all curious about checking out the show, he uses, the title of that episode is how to cover your furniture. And so he just gets intrigued by this idea of people that cover their furniture. There was an old Everybody Loves Raymond episode about this too, right? About his parents always had their furniture covered. He gets intrigued with this idea of why people do that because he has, he buys nothing but old, used, awful furniture because his cat just tears it up on stop. And so... He looks at what it would, life would be like to live like that and how we he always uses these sort of these ideas and metaphors for something else and how if we yeah. cover everything up, always try to keep everything perfect. Then, you know, what is our life really like if we're if we're constantly living in, in fear of that? So it, it, it was it was a good cover for an episode that had a really cool, cool deep idea to it. Yeah. Well, I, I always felt like that was sort of the move, you know, Yeah, and you can call it a metaphor, but I almost feel like he does something really interesting where. He kind of dives so deep into something so mm-hmm. kind of mundane, yep. like covering your furniture or scaffolding or something, <laughs> yeah. and sort of through this finds some kind of reflection yeah. on the human condition. I don't know. It's, it's a great show. Yeah. That's Maybe exactly, exactly like, go, what it is. Go watch the rest of How To with John Wilson now. Yeah. And I will yeah, say, you see great. a lot of the glamorous parts of New York and TV and movies. He is highlighting specifically the unglamorous sides of New York. I just watched the how to find a public restroom episode yeah. and that makes you not want to go to <laughs> that's what I mean. like he doesn't it's not a very new york show in the way that like law and order or something is it's very yeah. new york short in the way you watch you'd be like you know that's kind of what living in new york is sort of <laughs> like you know is that, uh, so 
Uh, that's it. That's it for me. That's what I'm I'm focused on right now. Uh, I will be just since we touched on a second ago in about four weeks, picking up and writing about Loki season two. So back to back Disney shows for me. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm doing a lot of stuff with like aliens. You know, about the invasion. Of course, invasion is way more straightforward than the X Files. Because, <laughs> like, the, the X Files are like, invaded. are there aliens? You know, the invasion is like, there are aliens and we are fighting a war against the aliens. Right. Right. They look kind of like koosh balls for some reason. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, man. So, yeah, should we get to winning time? Let's do it. Let's, this is a good episode. We should jump right into it. Yeah, sounds good. So, okay, as per usual, everyone, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. On the other side of that, uh, we're going to dig into Winning Time Season 2, Episode 5, titled The Hamburger Hamlet for some reason. I don't know, maybe we'll talk about that. But anyway, all spoilers on the table for everything that's happened in Winning Time up to and including this most recent episode, Season 2, Episode 5, which aired two days ago on Sunday night. Um and okay, see you on the other side. All right, we are back, ready to talk about Winning Time Season 2, Episode 5, titled The Hamburger Hamlet. Uh, just as a quick synopsis for this for this episode, we saw in Episode 4, Magic Johnson made a trade demand. Well, that trade demand is causing tension between the team, between Lakers management, between the players. Uh, owner Jerry Buss consults with Magic and his management team. Decision is made to fire coach, coach Paul Westhead and put in of a two-headed coaching monster of Jerry West and Pat Riley in a very confusing press conference. Uh, Jerry West really wants no part of it. Uh, the players look at Riley more as a friend and a partner than a coach, but uh, Riley has a, a very quick transformation in this episode, putting on the Showtime persona, which leads them to the, to the best record in the West for the 1981-82 season, setting up a rematch with Philadelphia in the NBA Finals we end the episode with Philadelphia beating the Celtics, who, who in Boston, shower the 76ers with a beat L.A. chant as they head off to the 82 finals. So we presume that's what will be about next week. Thoughts on that episode or just sort of how this was set up with the coaches or with the uh, what we're clearly going to see next week? Yeah, great. So we have to break this apart, kind of dig into various aspects of it. Um. I mean, you're right that Riley's transformation was quick as it was presented in the episode where, as I predicted, Ryan, raced right through months. Yeah. <laughs> I called that, right? Yeah. We, it was like we got to the certain point. It was like half of this episode or more. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, boom, yep. boom, finals. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about Riley's transformation. The press conference. So we've been fact checking things a bit. So the, the press conference seems pretty accurate. We on a YouTube video, and like it's not the entire thing. It's kind of caught up, at least what I watched. But this is more or less what happened. What, what do you think about this? I yeah, you, you're exactly right. There were some beat for beat words in terms of what was said at the actual press conference. What was used in the in the uh, in in the show here in episode five. This is a. Uh, I can only imagine how chaotic it must have been in, the, in behind the scenes and in, in real life. But yeah, I mean, this just, it kind of fits 
who Jerry Buss seems to be. We're going to do something on on a whim. We're going to do something that I think is right, but we're going to figure it out as we go along. We're going to build the plane as we're flying it. And he, of course, had no sense that that Pat Riley would become the icon that he that he ended up becoming. And man, this was a, looked like a messy situation, but they portrayed it very accurately according to what we saw on on the the footage. Yeah. You, I mean, you can hardly imagine anything so messy now, just in terms <laughs> of the PR of it. Exactly. You know, I mean, I guess there's no one to to to, to bring Jerry Buss in effectively, and that's part of it. And he just thinks, hey, this is going to be fine. This is what we're going to announce. But you're holding a press conference, and to, to not be clear about exactly what the point of the press conference is yeah. between the people involved, you know, <laughs> just such a mess. And yes... As they put up on the screen, it seems this is what actually happened. Now, of course, yeah. he, as you say, of course, he doesn't know what Pat Riley is going to be gone. Yeah. Part of the backstory seems to be that he just wants Jerry West to take it back over. Yep. And, you know, in the great running gag of the show, which the real life Jerry West, I think, doesn't like, uh, at least fictional Jerry West wants <laughs> none of that. Yeah. It's like, is that not enough Pepto Bismol in the world for me to take that job? <laughs> um and uh and so he i mean i think that's sort of how it's playing out here and and what they portray relatively accurate accurately is that jerry west ultimately was like no we're just going to keep that we're going to we're going to make pat the head coach yeah. and he's already yeah. moving in that direction during this messy press conference um another note about this press conference is we get a, a, a little cameo here from the author yes. of the book that this show is based on jeff perlman um i went back and watched this again i i don't recognize the man yeah <laughs> um but i read about it afterwards and so on he's been fucking the show like crazy on twitter too um what, was he holding a little sign in the in the footage saying we need more viewers <laughs> not in, in the show itself no. <laughs> but they they call him jeff in the show so it's like relatively easy to to pick out you know which guy is it you know he, i think he asked you know, who's at the starting lineup and things like this and I read a little behind the scenes thing where he's complaining about the wig that they had him wear and how it affected him and so on and so forth. But he's gung ho about the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And trying to get people to watch it and wants a third season. And I think particularly because he feels like he's the only one who can promote it because everyone's on strike. That's he's right. Promoting it as much as he can. That's right. But, um, well, well, that sort of raises an interesting point that, okay, so we just finished episode five, episode six. Following this timeline, it's clearly going to be about the 1982 finals rematch between the Lakers and 76ers. So are you with me? We're pretty clearly not getting to the 1984 NBA finals in this in this season. I still think we are, man. You, you, you've <laughs> I don't just know how. Seen, you've just seen what, I, what I've been talking about, <laughs> you know, that that they spend a, a good bulk of this episode on the yeah. coaching situation. And leading up to that moment where Pat Riley punches the blackboard and and then montage transforms into Pat Riley and montage, boop, 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 boop. Now it's the end of the season. So, like, are they going to hit on that championship series against the 76ers in the next yeah. episode? I mean, I think obviously, but I, I hardly expect it to take up the whole episode. Let, let me give you the titles of the next two episodes and tell me what you think. Okay. Okay, the titles of episode six and seven. Six, the title is Beat L.A which we have briefly touched on. We'll touch on more. So clearly that's the 
Philadelphia leaving Boston and going to play LA in the finals. How much of it it will take is yet to be seen. Episode seven, what is and what should never be. Yeah. Any guess any guesses on what that, that could be about? That's what it's gonna be, you know, about the showdown in the 1984 NBA finals. I'm not changing. Okay, okay. Other I'm skeptical than, that we get there, but uh we'll we'll, we'll see who ends up being I think, right. I think it's I think it's structurally signposted. And I'll be very surprised if we don't get there. <laughs> there there's um, a whole season in between where, spoiler, neither the Laker, Lakers nor Celtics win the win the championship. Yeah, right. So they just spend like no time on that season. Just, just gloss over that. You know, it's it's yeah, it, we'll see. But I haven't watched it yet, so we will see. Um I do want to lump in there on the beat LA front. Well, first of all, we should note apparently this actually happened, which is it insane. Did. Let's do, let's pause there for a moment. Mm-hmm. Do you agree that this is just nuts? It, this it, is a it, real thing that happened. It is nuts, especially when you consider again, they've had historical showdowns for a long, long, long time, but not in over a decade at this point. So there's still that much hatred for LA when they haven't met in the finals in more than 10 years for them to say they are so badly want LA to lose that they want Philadelphia to go to go beat them. So yeah, there's just this deep, deep hatred yeah. between the two. And there that that the reaction of the fans in Boston Garden. Right. This is significant. You know, let's go really slow if anyone missed all these details or isn't aware. This is the home crowd in Boston <laughs> after their team has lost in game seven, I believe. Right. To the Philadelphia 76ers, who are also a bit of a rival. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're chums or whatever, you know? Yeah. And um, I think you noted here the Celtics had a better record. Yeah, because they were playing at home in game seven. Mm-hmm. Celtics are at a higher seed. They're being upset by the Philadelphia 76ers here. You know, this is like crying your beer, go burn some cars kind of moment. But no, instead, <laughs> the you know, the fans of Boston unite and start chanting beat LA. And this really <laughs> actually happened. Yes, which yes. I don't know. Going back early in the episode, I think we should tie this in. I mean, how accurate some of this stuff is, but you get a bit of this kind of bubbling sentiment of people, maybe across the country, mm-hmm. um, that's anti Lakers, anti Magic in particular. Yep. You've got the you know classic uh, old woman with little dog, <laughs> you know, which. Is there a source for that? Because it feels like such a trope. <laughs> I don't know where it originated, but you do see it everywhere. <laughs> it's just like, um, and uh, and yeah. So I, I think that feeds in that the you know the sense of um, a sentiment, and however fair or accurate this is to think of the Boston Celtics as like mm-hmm. the working class team or whatever that there really was this sentiment as opposed to the Lakers as the like, they're a bunch of show off divas, you know, or whatever. Well, I think that that's especially portrayed when we see magic come back to LA after Westhead is fired. There's even a sentiment amongst the people of LA that, Oh, big baby got his $25 million, still complaining about the coach. And so he's booed as he comes back onto the court in LA for the first time after Westhead's firing, which also actually happened. Yeah. So, so he's right. he's losing fans in LA because of this yeah. 
So I mean, in, in retrospect, in retrospect, and given again, we're about the same age, and what we're seeing in the show here is a little bit before our time. Like maybe we were alive, but not really conscious or whatever. But by the time that we were conscious, it seemed like everyone knew Magic Johnson was like superstar. Yeah. You know one of the best players in the league or ever you know um so yeah it's striking they booed him yeah they did and it it raised an interesting point that later in the episode so i like the way that tied this together that the fans think a certain way about magic's contract and his actions related to how he has been given this massive contract versus what Kareem's reaction was he has this one-on-one with Jerry Buss about the same contract where Kareem not saying that he's he says he's not jealous he says he doesn't wish he's in Magic's place he says he doesn't wish that this was something where he was getting the attention instead of Magic but he actually thinks he did Magic wrong with that contract Mm -hmm. he knows where the league is headed he's clairvoyant enough to see what's happened there and Mm -hmm. knows that in a matter of a few years Magic's going to be underpaid which eventually they did come to terms and agree with that. And Magic was given this big fat check about 10 years later, um, sort of compensate him for how much he was underpaid in, in that that lifelong contract. Yeah, Kareem's right. Kareem's smart. He, yeah. he knows the score. He sees that this is actually kind of exploitative. You know, um, I believe I'd have to double check and look up his salary, but I think he was already making like a, a million dollars a year. Yeah, you know, maybe close to two million. Yeah. yeah, or more. Yeah. So it wasn't unheard of. And, you know, he sees the writing on the wall. Time's going to go on. Um, and uh, salaries are going to increase, you know. Um, I'm not sure how aware people were of some of the stuff that was on the horizon. It's in a couple of years where we start getting some of the um, salary cap stuff. And so on. I was looking at this a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, that it, was a really great scene. It is true that, you know, we're still a couple of years away from – uh, from Michael Jordan, we're still a couple years after that of the league really exploding in terms of TV, in terms of international exposure, um, and so this just behemoth that it became in terms of money and eyeballs. It, it, it's still to the, I guess, even average LA fan, million a million dollars a year just seems like a crazy amount. Oh yeah, you got to realize that. I guess I'm speaking to the youth right, right. now. Um, in 1981, 1982, a million dollars was like, <laughs> I'm going to never have to work again money. <laughs> yeah, right. That that would be how it landed for people, you know, um, probably even for a while after that. I mean, adjusted for inflation, you get to now, I don't know, I'd still take a million dollars. I still think, you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe I could retire on a million dollars and live frugally. Yeah. Yep. But, um, you know. It used to be the, the very notion of being a millionaire meant you were like yep, incredibly wealthy. And I think at this point, there are a lot of people out there who are millionaires and yeah. they would consider themselves probably fairly to be, you know, maybe upper middle class, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but but not, well, not wealthy. So not, not but, ready to retire. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. But Kareem's absolutely right here, you know, and, uh, I love that scene. No idea if this actually happened at the roller rink. Of fact checking uh, here. But uh let's talk about Pat Riley. I think that's yes, please. Thing. Yeah, we have we can't we can't we can't leave this episode without going deep on, on Pat Riley. You're right. I noted in reading uh 
Hawk's piece on this episode that uh, he did not talk about Pat Riley's hair nearly as much as I would have. Um, but let's tie in the whole transformation, right? Yeah. Because I thought this this was really great, powerful. I mean, obviously it's a dramatization, but you have this moment of him transforming kind mm-hmm. of into Pat Riley when he breaks, when he punches a chalkboard, which not make yeah. him into behavior. <laughs> but the way he's claiming the authority over the team. Yeah. And then, of course, the hair comes later, but I, I start finding the hair as like symbolic. Exactly. Yeah. You, 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 it's, it's funny just to touch on that before I uh, reference something else you said. In the press conference, both an episode and if you go watch the YouTube, it, it, it sort of is it's half there. It's getting there, right? It's not like gelled slick back completely down yet, but it's getting there. So it's sort of the, the transformation has begun just as his new coaching regime has, has begun. Um, you know, in the press conference, it just as in the episode, he's got this kind of frumpy sweater shirt on, right? Yeah. And soon he's going to put on the Armani suit. So again, it's, it's happening over time. But uh, I, I thought this was a smart way to do it, particularly how they go back and show him before he makes that transformation. of how the players just kind of messing with him, rubbing his head, you know, just sort of joking around with him. And it was an interesting callback to use the way that Pat Riley and Magic Johnson were sort of creating this bond back when he was hurt. And they were doing these one-on-one sessions together to use the, the way that they built a relationship and yeah, that became a point of tension with Westhead later. We also can use it to show, oh, he has sort of had this relationship, probably not with just Magic, but with other players as well. So now he has to be more, more boss than friend. And yeah. how is Riley going to respond to that? I think that's what sort of well, a smart way to lead up to it. Yeah, I mean, and it's a difficult dynamic. Yeah, yeah. At least I have some personal experience that I won't go into details about that this feels somewhat, you know, close to me, I think. Because it's like one thing when you're the assistant coach, because you're not the ultimate authority and you can be kind of that intermediary, you know, I'm your buddy, I'm your friend kind of thing. And maybe quite fruitfully, but what we see here, and I thought this was interesting to think about with Paul Westhead too, is the whole question of authority and how one claims authority. Um, And what we see Pat Riley moving to do is much more effectively doing precisely that move than yeah. I think Westhead was doing. And, you know, one of the things that's really striking about it is how, at least as it's presented in the show, man, the players are there for it. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that makes sense. It gets to how, at least in situations like this, where it's relevant, uh, there can be, I think, a real hunger for leadership. Yes, yeah, and, and and that's what he's ultimately offering. And I think that 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 that's an excellent point because the moment of respect and understanding and appreciation of his leadership came when even it, even in it was a tough way, he treated everyone equally. Right? Yeah. It was it was getting in their face, telling them what they needed to be doing and not doing, but he treated everyone the same way. There wasn't any sort of preferential treatment for Magic, for Kareem, for anybody other than anybody else. Treat everyone equally then you get the respect of everybody who you're trying to lead. Yeah. And he says, no, no more, no more Riles. It's coach. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and then he says, look, no more of this stuff coming to me. You got a problem with each other. You talk it out. Like, exactly. I, I feel like he's claiming in that moment. It's, it's not like I'm the adult and you all are like children. He's saying, 
uh, I'm the guy in charge and you all are adults. There you go. Stop yeah. acting like children, you know, and, and, and kind of work things out, talk to one another, respect my authority, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's the same way with any, you know, workplace. You and I have had experience with this. We know that he's going to give them a new quote unquote system that they're going to be able to play within. But let's come to a level of understanding first, and then I'll give you freedom within the system once we sort of all start from the same same level. That's what he has to do with them, sort of knock them down so you can build them back up to where they have the freedom to do what they, they need to, to, to succeed. And, I mean, that's that's a lesson in leadership no matter where you go. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, the hair, I, I, I read something <laughs> that uh, apparently um, in real life he, he did this to go to a great Gatsby-themed New Year's Eve party. Oh, okay. And liked it. <laughs> and just kept doing it. I don't know for sure if that's true. I don't yeah. know if it's apocryphal. People can do their own research. I read this you know, <laughs> on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my question to you, I put it in the notes. So what do you think is a better transformation? You've watched Better Call Saul, right? Absolutely. I was going to presume listeners have, although we can avoid meaningful spoilers. I think <laughs> everyone knows that in the show, you know, you start with Jamie McGill and he turns into Saul. What, what, what do you think is the better transformation? And I guess I'm thinking of in particular when it finally happens in Metro Call Saul. Yeah, so it's hard, hard to compare in terms of character and how they portray these. They're, they're, they're both very, very strong. So for me, it's a matter of you prefer the slow burn versus the sort of quick change on the that we saw here with, with Riley. I think in the end, I'm always going to have to go back to uh, maybe just because I spent so much of my life with with uh, Better Call Saul that that's only going to be some, on the top of the list for me. Yeah, that's fair. Probably have to say the same. Oh, I mean, but it was something of a slow burn here if you think about it. We started with that sure. Riley in season one, and sure. you know you have that that real kind of arc of his um, uh, of his character. Yeah, uh, which I thought was really fascinating because obviously you know. We don't know Pat Riley personally, but he's been in the public consciousness for so long. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think of Pat Riley, I think of the guy in the suit with the slick back hair, you know? Yep. And um, to see this previous version of him, which really does seem to match with the available footage of him at the time. Yeah. Where, yeah. where he's, a, you know, he's a bit meeker. He's, a, he's less certain of himself. He's wearing that. It's a kind of awesome sweater thing, actually. I like the sweater, <laughs> but you know all of that. So I mean, it's really striking. And, and let me say, so I've I didn't mention this to you or, or send it to you in, in advance. We, we sort of see this behind the scenes, or at least their portrayal of behind the scenes, Pat Riley and how he's handling the stress, how he's handling sort of this this tension of what it means to be coach. And he goes home, and in a very short scene, there's Jillian Jacobs as his wife, fresh mm-hmm. off of being married to. Uh, the cousin and the bear. I mean, now, now spouse of, uh, of Pat Riley getting these great, uh, th- these great roles. I was thrilled to, to see that, but it was, it, it was actually, um, I, I thought quite interesting to see a, how am I handling this behind the scenes versus what we know he is to become out in public and for yeah. the years to come. Yep. Yeah. And I do think she was briefly in season one. The cast of the show is just right. so impressive that you get these like yeah. little small parts, but it's 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 Julia <laughs> Jacobs. You know? Exactly. Um and yeah, we uh on that front, uh maybe talk a little bit about uh Pat Riley's father, Leon Riley. You were looking into him a little bit. Um of course this comes up here in the episode where he's remembering his father and, and all of that. What do we know about Leon? 
Yeah, a little bit of a, a flashback of, of of sorts that we see there in in the episode. You know, quite a um, a demanding father was a very impressive, very uh, highly regarded minor league baseball player. I think both with the Philadelphia and Brooklyn franchises, made it to the majors for twelve total at bats, got one hit, and then flamed out, never made it back again. And from what I was able to find, sort of use that or that became fuel to push his son to be something he never could be, which was just this excellent athlete at the highest level. And so, you know, Pat Riley was a good player. He was a good assistant coach, but he would eventually, after taking on this new persona, maybe somewhat like what his father is, become this elite head coach and elite executive years after. And uh, a lot of it maybe goes back to what his dad pushed him to do as this very demanding, very demanding guy. Yeah. Although I think that, you know, from what I read, I think his dad was also kind of a failed manager. You know, he got that's got true. And and you know, so there's an inversion kind of thing. And so it's an interesting scene with um his wife whose name I am totally blanking on. I know she's played by Julian Jacobs. Yeah. I know her name in this show is not Britta. I don't yeah, it, but I want to say um, it's yeah, Chris Riley. Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, got it. Um, but but she's kind of pushing him on that, you know. It's it's one of these structures where it's I think it's what you're saying, but then it's also you don't want to be your father. Yeah, you know. Um, and so finding some kind of balance, and of course, what we get is very kind of quick and done through a montage, but it at least seems like Pat Riley has found a way to kind of claim that authority in the right way that at least seems here to be healthier than what his father was doing and i don't know yeah. maybe i shouldn't read yeah. into that too much we'll see what else happens here in the show yeah i i think that's exactly right we we are um i, I think we will see more of that going forward maybe in what drives him to be the type of coach that he is apparently there's going to be more jillian jacobs um as someone that can be a confidant someone that can be someone that he that he pours into as this gets going. Uh, but yeah, sort of curious how all that, all that motivates him and, and puts him in a position to be the coach that he's, that he's about to become. Yeah. Or they're, they're kind of setting it up like he already is, but I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, about yeah. to is, you know, also a way to, as uh, a way to put it here. That's true. That's so, true. There, there's a lot of, I mean, again, Spoiler alert, I guess. There's a lot of Lakers championships still to come and over the next <laughs> over the next eight or nine years. Yeah, you know. People it's called the rise of the Lakers dynasty <laughs> right. for a reason. Right. <laughs> um so well we'll see what happens. Um, you know, uh, how they structure the only two more episodes left in the season. I understand why yeah. you're worried, but I still think they're gonna get to 1984. That's how they set it up. It I is how they said it. I just feel like I know how TV works, right? Yeah. I, I just I, I think it'd be very weird if they didn't get there. <laughs> Listen, if we don't get to 1984, if we don't get to LA versus Boston, and then we don't get a third season, I, I mean, I'm gonna start the petition to you know get this show back on somewhere else. I mean, I, I'm gonna lead the charge if we don't get those two facing off. So I hope you're right. I just yeah. we'll, we'll see. I wonder what the budget is like for this show. And oh, it must man. be and like all the these actors. No kidding. It's got just a just pass is so loaded. So anyway, everyone who's been listening, presumably watch it already. 
um watch it more <laughs> cajole your yeah. friends <laughs> yeah uh we need we need to get a season three of this thing It'll be, we uh, do we, no matter what no matter what happens in the next two we need a season three and a season four the, just as many as we can get yeah and it's got to be this because it's got to be the vibe of this we know right. what happens right you know what i'm saying like it's that's not the point it's the how it's all put together here and these performances <laughs> and the vibe of the show the style of it the music yes. the uh, the, the way that they break the fourth wall all together at the end of the episode to curse Boston, you know, it's great. <laughs> love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I'm looking forward to episode six next week. Uh, we will be on that um, a week from now as they surely get into the 82 finals and perhaps more. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh for now, uh, please uh, find us on your favorite podcast place, rate us, review us, give us um, those five stars or whatever it is that you do. We appreciate everybody listening. Um, our site is tvobsessive.com. You can find my work, Cameron's work, and a whole host of other talented writers um, on that on that site. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on anywhere you want to find us. Anything else we need to plug, Cameron, before we get out of here? No, that's about it. We're on Blue Sky now. I set up a Blue Sky. Oh. We're on all the, yeah, all, all the, uh, you say every, except for threads. I'm not doing threads. I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm just not. I, I set up my threads when it came out and I think it's still sitting there with, with nothing in it. So not doing it. That was hot just, two days. Not doing it. We've got an Instagram going and then it's like, I think you have to do threads through Instagram and I'm just not, I'm just not doing it. Right. I also don't know how the Instagram works. I post stuff, but you know, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, and we'll see you next week. All right. See you then. <laughs>